Hello and welcome to Midnight Showing. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this week the random movie we watched at midnight was David Mamet's The Spanish Prisoner. Was it worth it? That's what we're here to tell you. And don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. Luke. Dude, I totally have like an irrational fear of this happening to me in real life now. <laughs> I'm just going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Someone's going to offer me $10,000 for a camera, and next thing I know, I'm being arrested by the FBI. And is it even really the FBI? <laughs> or is it exactly so we got we got the spanish prisoner dude um i found this movie just looking up old steve martin movies um because i did know that, that he didn't do comedies i thought he exclusively did comedies turns out i was very wrong because this movie is not very funny um yeah that's that's probably the most surprising thing about the movie is the fact that steve martin's in it as a serious role yeah, and honestly, he's, like, not even in it that much, like, low-key. Like, I really wouldn't even say that it's, like, his movie specifically, you know? Oh, definitely. So, speaking of whose movie it actually is, uh, it's pretty much starring Campbell, Scott, Joe Ross. I say it's pretty much starring him because I'd say no other character in the movie really has his perspective and no one else is really in the situation like he's in the situation. Like, he is definitely uh, the Spanish prisoner, I think. We'll talk about that legend in a little bit. And then we got Steve Martin playing Jimmy Dell, like I said, and Rebecca Pigeon playing Susan Rieke. And, I mean, there's, like, um, the guy from and um there was the other <laughs> felt like those three characters were really the only ones that we had to care about for the movie how do you feel about that i i think that's fair to say they definitely have uh they do the most stuff in the movie you follow them the most too i think that's a pretty fair description but this director what what, what do we know him for um, I've never seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but you said you haven't. Nah, never oh seen gosh. it. Never seen it. And when I was looking him up, it looked like he was more of a writer than a director. It looked like he wrote a lot more stuff than uh, directed stuff. But is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross good? Should we watch it? It is a really good movie. I'm not sure if it's in our wheelhouse. It might be because it's a pretty. It it was originally a play. Oh, um, okay, interesting. And uh, I'm not sure how popular. Honestly, it is now. It's kind of like any Alec Baldwin fan. Mm. This is kind of like the epitome of the roles he plays. Uh, well, I've never seen it, so I can't say anything about that. But what I can talk about is the Spanish prisoner. <laughs> so let me lay down the world for you, baby cakes. We got Joe Ross, and uh, he's created a lucrative and secretive business strategy for a Fortune 500 type company, right? Uh, this information is extremely confidential and, of course, extremely valuable. Before you know it, Joe Ross finds himself in the midst of a complicated con game in which everybody is not who they seem, and it appears as though everybody wants something from him. How do you feel about that world description? No, that's pretty accurate. Uh, it's, you know, set in the time of its release. Nothing, you know, they're not playing any time games with you. Yeah, big facts. Pretty straightforward. They want you to understand, like, the world you're in as being the same one we're in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so how do you feel about the trailer of this movie? Uh, all in all, it isn't a bad trailer. It doesn't really reveal anything, but it lets you know what the movie's about. Um, it sets the stage up pretty well like going into it. The only issue I have, it's a really big issue, um, just because I'm not sure if this is the trailer that was the original release. Or just when it was finally being put out. 
um, like on a DVD or something. So the issue that I have the trailer we had is the subtitles had a bunch of reviews for the movie. Mm-hmm. And those reviews, some of them, like half of them are pretty vague. But the ones that like actually try to describe the movie, I think do a terrible job of doing that. Um, in particular, there was one that said it was reminiscent of the usual suspects and uh, North by Northwest uh, and Kaiser Ki- Kaiser Krikosia, huh? Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of North by Northwest. That one sort of makes sense, but the usual suspects. That's just so wrong. This movie is... <laughs> it's its really nothing like The Usual Suspect. That's the movie where the dude eats spaghetti until he explodes, right? That... <laughs> dude, I've, I've actually... I like, I've legit always got those movies switched up. Like, my entire life, ever since I've seen it's Seven usual and Usual Suspects. Yeah, just because Kevin oh Spacey is such a... Like, um... Whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's very... He's very, like, uh distinct actor you always recognize yeah kind of like we were talking about with with the edge with like that that typecast stuff but kevin spacey's not in this movie so let's save it for an actual kevin spacey review yeah so all in all all in all not a bad trailer just if you're gonna watch one don't watch one with the reviews because it's gonna set you up for something that isn't the movie you're gonna watch (laughs) pretty much nash is saying he likes usual suspects a lot better than the spanish prisoner right well i do it's just it's just the plot point it's not like the same, like the usual suspects, the way it pieces things together is totally different. Like this one is a hundred percent straightforward. Okay, I feel that. No, that's a, that that's a, that's a really good take. We can we can kind of really um, start getting into that when we really start discussing it. Um, yeah. So you can you kind of go over the motifs and themes. I really only wrote one thing down, and I think it's pretty straightforward through the way that the characters are using the dialogue to really get that point across. You know. Yeah. What is the point? <laughs> I said that weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's that nobody is who they say they are. And it's kind of there's constant doubt because of that. And that's honestly the best thing uh, as far as how it was written and how it was directed that comes across while you're watching this is there's definitely a large portion of the movie where you're just like, who is who are any of these people? Yeah. I feel that you don't know. You really don't know who to trust. Um, with that being said, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up, man. I really enjoyed it while I was watching it. Uh, I, I I'm gonna give it thumbs down. Oh my god, dude! Gonna, what is this? I'm gonna give it thumbs down just because the ending. The ending. You really hated the ending that much. Okay. Okay. It's like it, oh gosh, it's so. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I can explain why I why I'll give it a thumbs up pretty well. So uh, let's uh, let's let's get into it. Now that we've given you a taste of the movie, we really right, don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it. <laughs> so if you haven't already, like and subscribe to our channel and pause this video so you can check this one out for yourself. So Nash. Yeah. Tell me about the Spanish prisoner story. Okay, so the story, what the Spanish prisoner is, they pretty much go over in that bathroom scene. It's kind of like, uh, so there's a guy that is looking to trick somebody so he can get his money. So he goes up to the guy that he's going to trick and is like, listen, there's this guy, he's a prisoner in Spain, 
Um, I need some money so I can get him out of prison. But once he's out, he's going to pay you like way more money back in return. And you'll probably be able, he'll probably give you his daughter <laughs> too. Okay. You know, Jeremiah, stuff like Jer- that. Jeremiah Johnson vibes on that one. Yeah. Cause it's definitely that sort of like, it's an old story in its inception or conception conception. Yeah. And so, um, the whole point is the guy that is doing the tricking is just trying to get as much money from the guy he asked money for as he can. So once he gets money from him, he leaves for a little bit, then I'll come back to him and say, you know, some complications come up. I just need a little bit more money. You know, and he does that as many times as he can until the other guy is either broke or just refuses to pay or catches on. Yeah. Okay. And so that's kind of it. It's if you're looking for like a modern take, um, it's sort of like those emails where it's like the, the Prince of Nigeria or whatever, like needs money so he can take over his kingdom. But once he gets his kingdom back, he'll give you, you know, more money. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that kind of thing. I'm still waiting on the, on the check. <laughs> so it's just that it's that kind of scam like a con where yeah you help me out a little bit because you're a trustworthy guy and you're honest and whatever and i'll get you paid more in the end okay so even there's no proof of anything so you know the title of the movie is the spanish prisoner we watched the fisher king last week kind of similar how we watched two movies in a row where they're kind of based on a story from the past do you think that um the spanish prisoner story embodies what actually happened in the plot of this movie pretty well or do you think they missed the mark in naming it the spanish prisoner i think i think for the most part um it does because it's definitely like okay they're scamming him to get something out of him without actually giving him you know anything in return my only issue with that is they're not asking for money. They're asking for one thing in particular, mm-hmm. something very specific. It turns and it turns into money, but they're not asking specifically for money from him. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're not – he, in the end, is more of doing it for his own safety than he is so he'll get more money, and the thing that they wanted from him isn't actually money. It's one specific thing that he has and knows. So, for me – that and the promise of like a girl at the end or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of emotional or relationship development, it isn't really there. Yeah. Okay. So it it doesn't for me that that title seems kind of poor. Okay. Just because the incentive isn't really for him to get more money in the end, and it's not them trying to get money out of him. Okay, but so so like direct relation, you 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 don't think it's really there, but like vaguely, I'd say that like the Spanish prisoner story kind of embodies that idea of just being conned in like a really grand way. Do you agree with that at least? Yeah, yeah, I definitely see that. That's what it's going to. It makes sense enough for it to be the focus of it because you know you could say okay, his tennis playing sister is the one that you know is the girl that he's wooing him with, but it's sort of like. There isn't any sort of direct promise that isn't really even implied too much, and it's really never about that. Okay. No, I, I, I totally feel where you're where you're coming from for this. Um, the reason I really like this movie was kind of just the way 
that it flipped itself about 50 minutes in. But before we get to that part, let's really get to kind of how the movie starts. And I felt like this is really a movie that they kind of want you to watch twice. They kind of want that first time you watch it to be, like, really confusing. They're not really giving you too much information, especially on the island. I don't think they really, like explained anything it was kind of just a lot of stuff happening like do you agree with me on that that like the point of those first 40 50 minutes were to get you really confused on the plot so when they did twist it on you you were kind of just as confused as um what's his name uh campbell scott i forget what the character's name is yeah no i agree i i think you're right in that because you sort of get all like all the characters are introduced but you don't know why any of them are important um and it isn't so generally established as to who you're actually following because they're constantly important characters uh, in that beginning. You really don't know who the primary focus is for the most part. Yeah. It seems to be shared by a lot of the big names in the movie in the beginning. And how they just like don't really feel the need to explain what the actual um, information is for the business. Like They're very secretive in that way, trying to get like that point across and I really just felt like um those first 50 minutes I wasn't loving it too much because I felt like it was making us really put all those questions in but like once it flipped on itself and the fake FBI started talking to him I kind of had the idea that it might have been the fake FBI talking to him and it's all a con and once it switched on um just like when you realized and then he goes back and like it felt like it got really cool, like, right there. And then, like you said, once the movie continues, it may or may not fall off. Because I know that when I was talking to you while we were watching it, you thought, you were like, yo, is he just delusional? Like, does this even make sense? Like, um, and then it was kind of like the idea of, like, oh, is this going to be, like, a Sixth Sense-type movie? But then it just turns out to actually be, yeah. like, the whole con game and stuff. So I think that's really the main appeal of this movie is just that point at 50 minutes in when it finally flips and you can just start going, like, what the frick is going going on you know yeah it really plays to its benefit that beginning scene because i'll agree that it doesn't really it doesn't ground you in too much it gives you a little bit of introduction for everybody and it is kind of tedious but once that actually happens that's the best part of the whole movie yeah is 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 the uncertainty you have in the little information that you know about people and you know all their roles and what they do but you don't know what their genuine motivation is yeah, that was my favorite part by far. They did it. They did it really well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like, um, I I think Steve Martin did a really phenomenal job playing that character of like knowing that he's definitely up to something, th- something, but at the same time not fully knowing. And like, once it flips on its head and then he disappears for so long, like I thought it was really interesting how Steve Martin can kind of be like one of the reasons why someone would watch this movie yet. The being the mastermind behind it all, he's like not even really in it, you know. Like who who is Jimmy Dell? Who is Kaiser Sosa? Who is Jimmy Dell? <laughs> I just did that to piss you off. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yeah, so, yeah no, I I agree. He does uh, the the for most for most parts the characters and the acting, the writing for them. It's all done really well. I don't think I would have enjoyed any of it if that was bad because it would have been more sort of obvious. Yeah. Um, did, but do you want to talk about more about the dialogue? Because I knew you had some Well, you know, I thought there, this movie is definitely really quotable and there's a lot of really good lines I like. Like, I really enjoyed the way that Steve Martin was able to, like, 
in that like dinner scene the things he was saying i found like that scene like really interesting and just all the little sprinkles in of like not knowing who everybody is but at the same time i didn't totally love it because i felt like um I felt like um, so like Susan's character was just hammering home that motif that we talked about, like way too upfront. Just like, well, you don't know who anybody says he is, and like she's trying to get him to like be on his side and say like, well, you don't know if he came from the plane and stuff like that. So I felt like it could have been finessed a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that brings me to sort of like one of my big uh, gripes with the movie was uh, Rebecca Pigeons. Pigeon. Yeah. Her care that that is just it was terrible. Like I remember watching it with you, and I was like, I hate this this lady. Why? <laughs> I just don't like her in the movie. She was incredibly monotone the whole time. She seemed really just off putting. Like normal people just don't behave like that. Yeah. And the thing is, sort of like if we're trying to create this sort of confusing environment, you know, that there shouldn't be that much doubt about the person especially when they're going to be one of the biggest twists in the movie uh, yeah I, I i agree with you that she wasn't always acting super like natural you know and not supernatural but she wasn't acting um i agree with you essentially i'm sorry <laughs> no i i that, that's really all that it was like she just wasn't really believable for the majority of her on-screen time and so when that twist happens where it's like oh she's actually conning him too it's kind of like all right, but she already felt like she didn't fit, so that's not yeah. too big of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. So um, that definitely plays into. I'm starting. I you know, dude. When we were watching this movie, I was really into it. I was like, "Yo, this is crazy. What's going on? Is he insane right now? The FBI wasn't even real. Are these cops real?" But now that we're discussing it, and it's been a couple days since we watched it, I don't think that it had the impact that it had when I first watched it. You know what I mean? Like, right when it yeah. ended, I was like, yo, that movie was sick. That movie was crazy. But now that, like, I really think about it, I kind of agree with all the points you're bringing up that, like, it could have been finessed in a way cooler way, you know? Like, it could have been yeah. a lot more twisty and turny and pulled stuff out and, like, made her less obvious that she was kind of up to something and maybe give us more to grab onto um, in those parts, but, like, at the same time, I did really enjoy the movie. I thought that, like, there were a lot of phenomenal performances, and, like, the way that they do that twist is really well done, so I think I'm kind of, like, in the middle right now. It's, like, it's definitely, I don't think it's a bad movie. I really don't, yeah. but I definitely, like, don't love it, and I don't think it's gonna be a movie that I'm gonna, like, be coming back to forever, you know what I mean? Yeah, and just to go back to that point of, uh, when... I was just sort of like, is is he hallucinating right now? Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like, I don't know why, but ever since I've seen, I'm not sure what movie it was or what book I read, but something about the character was just asleep and then he woke up. And ever since that's happened, anytime something like this happens in a movie or film, first thing I think of is like, all right, can we analyze to see if this is hallucinating, if this is a hallucination or not? Yeah. But uh, the thing is, in this movie... That only happens for, like, one scene. Yeah. Like, and then it's totally dispelled and thrown out the window. I'm not doubting the the reality of anything going on anymore. Whereas, like, Shutter Island, that movie, mm-hmm. that's a good book, too. But in that movie in particular, the whole thing is sort of based around, okay, is he crazy? But then they heavily imply that or the staff is drugging him. Yeah, okay. 
So it's like you don't really know to what end is he crazy, but you know that there is some sort of malevolent force at work pushing him to be that way. Yeah. So you, yeah. you doubt you doubt how how sane he is and why he is insane. Whereas this one is just sort of like okay, all this stuff is gone. Is he just a crazy guy? Yeah, no, well he's not. <laughs> yeah, well you know, I, I I liked how they they set it up that like um that he was just a really smart guy. Like, you could tell he was a really smart guy. They showed parts of the notebook with, like, a ton of equations and everything, and he's, when he stands up to Steve Martin, and he's like, don't you look at me like I need something from you. Like, they set it up like um, he was definitely a person who wouldn't appear to, like, end up in this um, situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like... Um, I mean, they gave him glasses. How could he not be smart? Yeah, so, like, <laughs> I kind of feel like... Um, I feel like the way that, damn, dude, like, I feel, I, I lost it. It's like, the way that they do it is good enough for that first time for me to, like, freak out and be like, wow, but then you go back to it, and the way that it's finessed didn't feel as cool on the second time around, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not a matter of just knowing the end, it's just a matter of having some sort of more critical understanding of it. Yeah. You know, you get the time and the place more than you did before. Because just looking back, it's I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, and I like, like I like everybody's performances. They definitely tricked me in the middle part. I didn't see sort of it coming, but then you get to a point near the ending where it's just sort of like, all right, this is predictable. Then the ending sort of the ending is really the nail in the coffin for me. Yeah, well, that, I was gonna it, say I feel like that ending takes away the replayabil the replayability value of it because like, yeah. let's say that like like Terry Gilliam directed this movie, dude, like the Twelve Monkeys director directed it, and it was kind of like how we were wondering if Bruce Willis is really sane or not, and that's kind of what the Spanish Prisoner turned into. Instead, it kind of turned into a way more of a straightforward plot than having that interesting taste to it. So maybe it's us just kind of wanting more from it when it was just kind of really straightforward in the end you know yeah and that's probably the the biggest issue because i'm glad you brought that up because our source of information for most of 12 monkeys is bruce willis's character who we don't know if he's sane or not so we're questioning the whole time or at least for a large majority of the movie mm -hmm. is what actually is real and what actually is going on and in this one it's sort of presented the whole time throughout that he's got his head on his shoulders yeah and he isn't insane he isn't crazy and nobody's sort of yes like yes. drugging him or they're just tricking him so by the time that he knows he's been tricked there isn't really any that's the climax of it exactly that's the point i was trying to make when i when i lost it a minute ago it's like that they set him up to be the super smart guy that any mysticism around the plot was taken out of it and like that doesn't necessarily need to be there you know what i mean like there doesn't need to be that like big twist where we think that somebody's insane the whole time and i've i the icy ghosts you know like that doesn't need to be there but i feel like overall the movie kind of needed it because the rest of it was cool to only a certain extent you know what i mean yeah especially with how much we follow him we trust his character way more than everybody else's. Because um, this is, at the end of the day, this is a whodunit movie. Yeah. You're trying to figure out everybody's sort of relation. You know, there's for a brief moment you think that his boss could be doing it. You know? Mm -hmm. um, 
so everybody essentially becomes a suspect at some point in the movie, but for the large part, it's very quickly and for about one scene, because usually the next scene or the scene following is going to answer it immediately. Yeah. And, and I... Oh, sorry. Yeah, and I, I meant to say, and the fact that it's only from his perspective makes it less of a whodunit film because we're not wondering from Steve Martin's perspective, from her perspective. It's really only with him. So I did mean to cut you off, but I feel like that kind of goes with that idea that like it's a whodunit film, but like realistically, we don't really know who done it. We're just following him because clearly Steve Martin conned him. You know? Yeah, exactly. And that that point becomes way too obvious to us way too early on and i know we brought up like insanity a lot um just talking about shutter island and uh 12 monkeys but it really doesn't have to be around insanity like there are other whodunits um the usual suspects which is sort of the how i brought up in the in the beginning my issue with that trailer that mentioned that that you know movie really doesn't have anything to do with insanity but because of the proximity that all the characters have to each other we really have no idea who the mastermind is for most of it. And I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it's straight up. The first time you watch it, you're not going to know who it is until the last, you know, 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Second time you watch it, you're going to know, but it's going to be way more interesting to pick up on the clues that you weren't even looking for your first go through. Yeah, exactly. this movie has none of that. Yeah, exactly. It has yeah. absolutely nothing. And kind of like uh, The Hateful Eight is another one. Like, you know somebody's going to do something, but once somebody gets poisoned, you know, in the cabin, then it, it straight up is a who's done it. Because yeah. clearly there's a plot here to get her out. Yeah. And he, you know, the replay on that is minimal just because he walks you through all the steps at the end, Tarantino does. And that movie's also um, three and a half hours long, so you need to section out, like, an entire weekend for it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. We're not even talking the extended edition on Netflix, so. <laughs> but that's, again, I think yeah. that's probably why he sort of walked through everything that happened uh, for that setup in the very end of the movie. Yeah. And those are incredible movies, and they're whodunits, they don't focus on insanity, but watching them is totally enjoyable. I'm not, you know, I'm not sort of in the loop for the majority of it, and it's uh, it's very coherent throughout the whole plot. Like, I, I know exactly when I'm certain. In this movie, by the time you know you're certain, it's kind of like, okay, well, then shouldn't it end? Yeah. Because that, that's when most of them end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is once you know. <laughs> so speak, speaking of endings, let's talk about the boat scene. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did, oh, my gosh. Yeah, can you, yeah, you definitely have some stuff to say. So can you walk me through why you are not a fan of the end of this movie? <laughs> well, because first off, the thing about there's this running joke and throughout the whole movie about Japanese tourists or Asian tourists. Yeah, and, yeah it's weird. Which, <laughs> Which is just, you know, uh, okay, I get it. You know, it's a different time. Um, and, you know, you do, there are a lot of Asian tourists. That's that's fair, I guess. But the hammy ending, where it's just like, oh, he's about to get shot. And then this undercover Asian tourist pulls out 
a dark shotgun. Dude, it's like a bare slow 50 mo- cow, bro. Slow motion shoots the villain <laughs> right before, you know, tragedy. And it's just like, that was yeah. so dumb. And, dude, why did Steve Martin give him so much time, bro? Steve Martin, like, let him run out to the, like, the middle of the boat. And then he was, like, um, just, like, standing there, like, classic, like, villain, like, not doing anything. It was really weird, honestly. Like, why yeah, didn't he just put he, the gun in his mouth and shoot him, you know? He, he could have jumped over the edge and swam. Like, it was, it was, ter- it was, <laughs> it was such bad yeah it was so bad wow, man you're and, really and, you're really disappointing me right now because i liked the movie after we watched it i was like yo that movie was like really good dude we picked another good one and now i'm like oh wait it was kind of uh, mediocre, <laughs> uh, uh, mediocre. That's the thing. I, li- I liked most of the movie it's just once the climax happens the movie keeps going on unnecessarily especially for this type of movie where you're trying to figure out what everybody's spot is I know way too early on because of how straightforward it is. I know exactly like what's happened. He's been conned, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly by who. I really sort of know the whole network of people that have been conning him. Yeah, it really is a one and done. Yeah, so it, it's sort of like there's no point to keep going. Why would you keep the movie going for this Bond villain boat scene? It was a Bond villain boat scene by far, dude. With the with the goofiest like ex machina ever, where you just kind of yeah, like, but oh, uh, the FBI was staking it out the whole time, and they had a plant with a tranquilizer yeah. dart gun hidden. Yeah, like, what, dude? I, it had what? it just it had a lot of potential, dude. Like it really did. It had a lot of potential. Oh yeah, I just feel like they, I feel like they knew, I feel like they knew exactly what they wanted to write. They got it down, and then they're like, oh man. This movie's only an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> what should we do? <laughs> I don't know. We can have him go back to the airport and then, you know, talk on a boat for a while and the FBI saves the day. Okay, I guess that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough, dude. That's tough. Because that's sort of like the ending is so absurd when so much of the movie is sort of grounded in things being real. Yeah. And, like, he gets set up very intelligently, you know, with how Steve Martin's character, um, you know, makes his bank account, lies about the restaurant. It's really, like, you go back and look at it, it's like, oh, yeah, he really had to do little to nothing to fool him. Yeah. Um, which is very interesting to watch. You know, I didn't necessarily see all of that. I didn't expect to see all of that coming in. It's like I didn't know that would be in play later. But when it was, you know... Crazy reveal, but that's like okay. Well, that's revealed to me. So, what's the point of the plot anymore? <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. So it it really just like kind of fizzled out, and then that that third act just doesn't really hold up. But I don't not like the movie at the same time. So I'm definitely a wishy washy. Uh, don't really have an opinion person. So you can pretty much uh, not take anything I have to say for any value. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's just yeah. what people want to hear. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure it's not a it's that. it's not a bad movie, but it's not an insane movie, and I would recommend it to people. Based on the reviews I I read, I think it was worse. <laughs> worse than the reviews you read. Okay. 
Yeah, and I think I think there's a reason people have, don't watch this or know about it. Okay, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> even that's for fair. and that's the thing, even for the crazy cast, because this cast is very good. They all do an incredible job acting. It's just, for me, at the end of the day, the story can't hold enough water. Yeah, no, and like and uh, like like we've just been saying the whole time, I think it really rides on that third act, kind of just falling short when it goes to the Bond villain thing, and like I feel like once once it twists, once it got me, it didn't capitalize on that twist. If it capitalized me on that hype, then I would have been riding the train. But I definitely got a little. Um, not like bored in the third act, but like, okay, she's not about it. And then the irony of him not knowing that she was in the FBI until he was on the boat, though, was pretty sweet, not going to lie. Um, so, like, again, dude, it's kind of like it was just there, but it just missed the mark, which I guess is just, like, really disappointing overall when you think about it because, like, it was a really cool movie, but it definitely could have been cooler. Yeah, cool concept, cool setup. Um, just falling short. So... The genre, genre, the genre. I guess it's just a drama. It's a, right? it's a, it's a who done it, bro? What are you talking about? <laughs> it is a who, it is a who done it. But I don't know if that's a, is that a genre? Um, if, I, if I Google who done it movies, yeah, because I looked at a list and it had like five hundred movies on it. So yeah. Okay, so yeah, the genre is who done it. Yeah, Sorry, although one of the who done it's was like Batman versus Batwoman, and it was like an animated one. So I don't know how loose the who done it's is. I also haven't seen that particular animated one, so maybe don't take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think it is because there are a ton of those movies. Just the ones that I talked about were sort of just like the. I feel like people would sort of know that, and the usual spus suspects is kind of like the epitome. It's like what every whodunit movie wants to be. Yeah, I feel that. Um, the, uh, I guess technically Fight Club is too. Anyway, uh, would you recommend this to your friends? Yeah, I would. I don't know if they'd like it, I but too. I'd recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Give it a watch. It's pretty interesting. Family? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? It you know they don't. It, it doesn't need to be taken too seriously. I feel like anybody can get sort of get behind it and know what's going on and enjoy the twist. Is it a cult classic? No, <laughs> no, no. It is not, and for good reason. <laughs> not to be too. That's the thing. I feel like I'm being a little too harsh because it really you know it was entertaining for the most part. <laughs> um, is it a, is it on the cinephiles must watch list? Yeah, I'd say so. Steve Martin's really good in it, dude. It's like a really good Steve Martin movie for his performance, I'd say. Yeah, no, that that's a good point because Steve Martin does he really did surprise me with how well he did um in a serious role, you know. He wasn't sort of bombastic or like he still wasn't the funny guy in in the serious movie, you know. He was straight up playing a totally different character. Yeah. Definitely, and I I always, I always love to see that when like a when an actor who um, usually just doesn't play those parts plays those parts and murders it, and you're like, oh, you are extremely talented. <laughs> you you are good at the things. You are All good right, at the stuff. So, this week, who are we shouting out for? Shouting out Schwartz, and then uh, probably gonna play KOV. I think yeah, KOV sounds good this week. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So, with that being said, please be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Follow us on Instagram to stay in the loop for upcoming episodes. Help us determine the movies we watch and future content we can bring to you. Be sure to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. And remember, your donations keep my blue light on. 
Uh, for the rest of October, our episodes will be focused on horror movies. Uh, so check us out next week as we kick that off with the recently released film, The Lighthouse. Spooky. I put a thief in my mouth to steal my brain. Safe to say you need to pick me up But I don't plan on lifting you up off the ground All those days used to hit me up And now my phone never makes a sound Your heart and mine beat just like a drum But now your BBM cannot be found I used to swim inside of all your love But nowadays I just can't get you out of my head I'm on, feel like something wrong, put you in my song But you better gone, by the break of dawn Race for your love, it's a marathon in Never simmer down, got the best luck When you are around, I'm the next up Just left ground, can't text much And you left me already Mr. KOV, Mr. MC Getting what you need, down on a knee You just let me bleed, laying in the leaves And you left me for dead Stuck in your sight and forever